Hello, listeners and citizens of Broncos country. My name is Adan Diaz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Richie Richie. And welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. Now, folks, before we get started with today's exciting show, uh, let me just, uh, I just wanted to offer my condolences to the family of, of the tragedy that happened in Boulder, Colorado yesterday. Um, it's it's a senseless attack. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the country's still trying to barely heal over what happened a few weeks ago in Atlanta. So <clears throat> just want to let you know that our hearts are with you. Hopefully the families get justice and they get the time and healing that they deserve. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm up in Canada. I still, I'm, I'm getting pretty much fairly regular updates on the situation there here as well on the, all the Canadian news stations. So, uh, you know, to everyone who's impacted by that, anyone who knows someone that has been impacted by that, uh, condolences to both you and your family. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, over the course of time that uh, healing can be done and, and you know, Boulder as a community, I've already seen through the news has come together as a community to support one another, which is wonderful to see. Yeah, so uh, we're going to try to keep today's show the energy up and try not to uh, <clears throat> dwell on what happened in yesterday's action. So we hope you guys can match it with us and we can stay and keep and stay on topic. So uh, with that being said, let's uh turn it into our uh into the the story of today's show which is we're here to talk about the gm so uh to our audio listeners uh if you're listening to us after the fact uh just uh if you ever want to catch us live we stream every tuesday at seven o'clock central eight o'clock eastern four o'clock west i'm i'm guessing i'm sorry um i don't have the times with me so always feel free to catch us live or if you can't be with us when we live stream you can always watch us after the fact you can follow us on youtube twitter and uh, facebook at mhrt podcast and if you want to reach us to us directly we will give you our handles at the end of the show so with that being said i also want to say that uh, there is some construction going on in the background so if uh, i do apologize if that comes out uh, while Richie or I are giving our opinions. So I just want to apologize for that ahead of time. But anyway, Richie, uh, we're going, we're heading into the end of the first round of free agency. And so far, I got to tell you that I am really happy with the moves that the GM has made in terms of all the re-signings and the uh, acquisitions that he's made. Now, a lot of people are still kind of testy over the handling of one Philip Lindsay and the fact that uh, they were not able to get him back into Broncos country but uh, that's the thing about free agency Richie sometimes you you won't always be able to get everybody that you had the year before especially when you have a new uh, new face in management coming in they're not going to see everything in the same eyes that the previous uh, person did so you know as much as I miss Philip Lindsay in in Broncos country I wish him all the best in Houston and elsewhere in the future if he never gets to come back well, the the thing that really irks me about that particular decision is that the Broncos, for whatever reason, made a decision to pick Shermer over Phillip. Because really, that's what it comes down. That's what it comes down to. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are some legitimate comments about uh, some of uh, the limitations. I guess if you want to kind of go that far in terms of. Uh, fill in his game some of which i think are valid others i think are probably overblown however well sorry not probably are overblown um <laughs> and uh and, and and i also think that that you know as fans we, we need to balance things out so just because some of the elements of phil's game may not have necessarily fit all of the elements of a pat Shermer defense on the flip side of that we've already seen what happened when some of our core defenders uh, we're moved on from and mm-hmm. our defense kind of crumbled a little bit under the lack of that leadership and cohesiveness that was formed as a result of, of those players all sticking together. Uh, and I think that's, there's something we said, I think there's a lot of people that are on the team in the locker room, all that sort of thing that are, you know, they're, they're not really liking that decision. And part of me wonders if some of them may, may, have uh, kind of stepped in and made some private kind of comments in the background about their displeasure with not bringing uh, Phil back. That being said, we did, you know, the team did try to compliment and bring back in 
another running back as a bit of a backfill. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I just got that. Ah, see, uh, but uh, <laughs> but in, in you know at the end of the day, Phil Philip Lindsay is a homegrown talent within the state of Colorado, and there are so few. Like I, I honestly can't recall another one off the top of my head who's born and raised and played for their home team. I, I, I mean, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So. Very well said, my friend. Uh, let's say hello to some of the people in the chat room watching us live. Uh, Mohammed Badri. Yo, yo. How's it going, my brother? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Kenneth Booker. I loved your article that you put up earlier today. Uh, it made me cry a little bit, and <laughs> but it is actually kind of true. It's, it's it's exciting more than anything. Uh, our good friend Glenn Hauser, my hey, uh, my co-host on the Mile High Roundtable podcast, he said, "How about that, Peyton?" That's exactly what we're going to get into in today's show. My good friend Marie saying hello. Hi, Marie. How are you? Hey, Marie. How are you doing? Yep. Uh, Ty Waikunas. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Say and that too fast, please. Ty, Ty Waikunas, Ty Waikunas. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. And then uh, Miguel Santisteban, I think that's how you say it. He has a question for us and he says, Sup, fellas. Glad we got K. Oh, K Jack. I thought they said clack back. <laughs> K Jack back for the year. Do you think we should still get a safety in the premium rounds? Now, it's very interesting he asked this question, Rich, because you and I were having this conversation earlier, uh, just before we went live on the air, uh, when uh, when I was kind of trying to get an understanding of when they say that free agency would be over, but you clarified it for me that they were talking about rounds. So then that's something that I, that's a perspective I didn't really get at first, but then when you explained it to me, it made a lot of sense. So now the NFL is starting to shift into the second and third rounds. So it's kind of like the draft, where you kind of start, you know, seeing what's left in the litter, you know, seeing which teams aren't going to re-sign certain players and who's, uh, you know, mulling around in free agency. So there could be some hidden gems out there in in <clears throat> in free agency for the Broncos to get. Now, since the, since they re-signed uh, uh, Jackson back on this team, and they're probably going to bring back Will Parks, I don't think that they'll get another safety in free agency i could be wrong they could try to target maybe the draft but if i had to guess i would probably say maybe maybe third or fourth round ish kind of safety uh help and then try to see where they uh where uh, peyton goes in the draft yeah so with regards to um I'll answer the question first and I'll kind of cover off some of the, you know, the <laughs> add-ons that you kind of threw in there for me. Um, I, I just, to be completely honest, uh, I wasn't, I was in the very, very small minority in Broncos country who actually did not want Kareem Jackson back. I, I would have much rather us gone after a different player. Uh, one of a few. I, I have to double check to see if some of the guys that I wanted were still available in free agency as of today, because that's when we brought him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's just I was in a small minority, and I know there's a few others in Broncos country that are kind of with me, but you know we're basically the, the silent few um, in terms of uh, where we st- stood there. I, I don't think that it completely precludes us from taking a safety uh, in any of the premium rounds at all. Uh, I think when you look at the safety position on the Broncos. My first question back to you, Miguel. And by the way, thank you very much for for joining us today. I very much mm-hmm. appreciate it. Um, I, I believe Cream is only back on a one year deal. I have to double check the contract details, but it came out literally just before we came on the air. At least for me, I, I was super busy at work today, um, and so I couldn't check out the contract details before the show. But I have to assume that when you look at our contract de- at his contract details, which I assume is a one year deal. And on top of that, when you look at the depth that's behind Kareem Jackson, I, I, I like safety absolutely should be on the table for us 100%. Because at, at best, Kareem's maybe here for a year or two. 
Kenneth, thank you very much for that. I see that I have two screens and out of my perifs, I saw the one year five. (laughs) So I I appreciate that, Kenneth. Thank you. Um, And uh, so it's a one year deal. So there's nothing to preclude us from going after a a premium safety or a safety in the premium rounds. He's here for a year. So at best, he's a mentor. And at worst, he becomes basically a bench warmer for a rookie who we might draft in the higher rounds who may actually outplay him just because of athleticism and, and size and speed combination. Right. Uh, Fallen Angels, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for being uh, being with us here today. Fallen he says, Angels. Fallen Angels. Oh, that's right. Fallen Angels. Angels. Yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> he asks, with Fairly Hurt, what is the plan? Now, if I remember reading this correctly, Fairly had um, uh, a, an operator, a procedure done on his back, and that kept him away from his pro day. So I... I don't really know if I can answer your question because I'm not a huge college uh, guy. Uh, so I don't know. Right now, it doesn't, there's not a solid decision where the Broncos might go in terms of uh, draft. They could, if they feel they have all their pieces, they could decide to trade back and, you know, try to get a, a, a picks, closer picks together where they can do how they did with uh, Dalton Reisner and Drew Locke. Or I don't see them trading up because there's there's not really a big necessity for them to do so so if i had to say if i had to guess i would probably say that they would probably go after uh micah parsons a middle linebacker who is some people are high on him some people aren't but it's also being said that the broncos don't have to go for that type of player that high they can trade back and that type of that caliber type of linebacker will still be towards the end of the first round yeah so i've heard some interesting so first there's a lot to unpack there as well uh throwing a lot at me today thanks uh so um uh, there's kind of a different a few different kind of lanes that we can take in as a team um so one of them is to stay put and draft who we would like to at, at number nine uh i think at this point for me I personally would probably lean more towards like a Rashad Slater or uh, Penny Sewell if, I mean, that's a pipe dream, but hey, I, I can hope and dream, right? So, um, <laughs> so, so I would personally like to draft an offensive tackle at that premium uh, spot because I believe that at pick nine, I think most of the quarterbacks that we would want would probably be gone. Um, yes, there's thumbs up down here somewhere. If we can go ahead and click that, that'd be wonderful. Uh, so I, I think an offensive tackle, given our current circumstances, is probably the best avenue for us to go to to bolster our team. Juwan James uh, is a coin flip at best, considering potential injuries and whatnot. And then there's the other avenues that we could go down, which is I'm not discounting us completely trading up Um uh, six foot ten. I'm not. I, I I firmly believe that it is in a, a legitimate possibility that we could trade up if George Payton is basically riding with Locke but not willing to back him for the remainder of this year. I think it's in a, a legitimate possibility. We already know that he went in on attempting to obtain Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. and there was rumors that no one was willing to deny which is almost a, as, as good as confirming that he was at one point uh, willing to try and trade for uh, another premium quarterback who shall go unnamed at this point, um, you know, who who is on the same team, at least for right now, as Philip Lindsay. And that that's, you know, that's that was never hidden from anybody. And, and everyone kind of knew that was a legitimate possibility. So if we were willing to trade or try to go after these other quarterbacks who we would all argue are probably better at Drew Locke at this stage of his career. Why wouldn't we trade up for a quarterback if our GM is clearly willing to try and go after someone who he feels is better? I do think that given Peyton and the Vikings past history, I think it is a fair comment and a fair assumption that his modus operandi is going to be trade back, build picks, try to throw as many darts at the board as possible even if you end up cutting them and stuff because they don't make the team oh well, you've at least bolstered your rock, roster rather with really, really good potential rookie talent. And if you hit on two, three, or four of them, awesome. Very well said, my friend. 
Uh, Glenn Hauser has a comment. He says, I was talking to a client who is a diehard Vikings fan in Minnesota today, and he was so bummed to lose Boone. He said he is unreal. Also said Eric Wilson was a beast for them in past coverage. So I don't really know who Eric Wilson is. I've been seeing his name a lot on Twitter these last couple of days. Um, so I'm guessing he's a defensive player. Inside linebacker. <clears throat> Inside linebacker, thank you. And he previously played with the Vikings, correct? Correct. He's okay. a free agent right now. Okay, he's a free agent. So the the Broncos have $27 million left in cap space, Rich. So that's still a good amount of money for them to play around with if they choose to do so. Uh, as far as, uh, as Boone goes, I've seen highlights of him play... Um, he got more playing time when Cook was hurt, you know, and it was him and and uh, was it Madison, the the backup running back, yeah. uh, when they had to uh, sub in for when Cook was hurt with a groin injury last season. So Boone can be explosive and he can be a bit of a highlight reel, but I don't believe he was brought in to cut, uh, you know, take over for Philip Lindsay. I think he was brought in more to take over the role from from Royce Freeman, who. Now that you have a player like Boone who can play both running back if need to and be a, a, a really good special teams player from what we saw in, 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 in this tape, that you don't you can move on from a guy like Royce Freeman if you choose to do so. Uh, and as far as getting somebody like Eric Wilson, if 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 you have good enough tape on him and you know he can give you a good price. I think that uh, you know Peyton can uh, can bring him on board and try to adapt him into a Vic Fangio defense. Now, with that being said, I did read an article earlier today that said that maybe uh, Peyton shouldn't go wasting every single dollar <clears throat> available in cash space to try to save some money for next season, and that way, in terms of you know you have a little bit more money in in the in the piggy bank to restructure whosoever contract is going to be up next year. But with the big TV deal that that came out a couple weeks ago, I don't think a lot of teams are going to be that cap space starved. And you know, with the cap going up little by little, we've seen that that George that George Payton can do a lot with with not not so much a little bit, but with just enough. So I think they'll be fine on that aspect. But hey, if if he's got a good feeling about Eric Wilson, I, I say bring him on. I think we need someone like Eric Wilson. Uh, I, I I firmly believe it. We we need an inside linebacker who can do more than what Josie Jewell can. Mm-hmm. I, I have said since, I mean, you can go back and watch some of our previous shows. I said, if we're going to keep one of our two inside linebackers, I think it should be AJ, AJ Johnson uh, or Alexander Johnson. Sorry, I know he hates AJ. It's just a habit. Um, so Alexander Johnson, in my opinion is the better of the two at the same time though there's still deficiencies with both and in today's nfl particularly in our division when we play the chiefs twice and we have other receivers and tight ends in our division who are we'll just say what top three top four in the league in in waller on the the raiders as well Mm-hmm. We need guys and we need linebackers that can keep up and pass pro against people like that. And so for, from my perspective, I think we need an, an Eric Wilson. And that also puts us in a better position in the draft. We're not then looking at Parsons as being our our, our only option then and saying, well, we got to make sure we position ourselves in the first round because if he's not going to leave the first, we need to make sure that we get him you know, and we don't miss out on him because if we don't get him, there's no guarantee that an inside linebacker that can also cover is going to be at our pick in the second round, just the way things are going. I mean, this is a copycat league in the NFL, and so many people are going to look at, in particular, if we're going to be honest, what happened in the Super Bowl. Interior defensive line pr- pressure coupled with uh, mobile coverage linebackers in the secondary that helped take out Mahomes' first read. And that's going to be a, a form of a blueprint going forward. And and, and that's going <laughs> to... What really kills us is the Chargers. They found their quarterback too. So And he was making some excellent decisions with the football uh, during the year. And we need to have an answer for that. And that really is going to be the answer. So we need that interior linebacking core to be better. Very well said, my friend. <clears throat> Kevin Dandino, thanks for watching the show. He says... 
The question is, can we get a quarterback who can help Drew Locke improve price from as well as push him? A new rookie quarterback couldn't do those things. We also need someone who can step in and try to salvage the season if Drew doesn't improve halfway through the season. Now, while that's a pretty well said statement there, Mike, uh, sorry, Rich, uh, it's, it can kind of go, I mean, that would have made a little bit more sense uh, going towards uh, the, the front, but you, go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah, sorry. I just want to quickly go back to, to Eric Wilson. Um, I was actually watching a lot of his tape after I, I kind of saw his name bounce around a few times and he is absolutely someone we should target. However, um, when it comes to uh, stats and numbers, the, the one thing and the one reason I think he's still available, because you think someone who can run and cover and do all these things like, you know, they should have gone like the first like five minutes of agency, right? Is he had by far his best year and it wasn't even close in 2020. So teams and GMs, I think, are, are in a bit of a position with him where they're saying, was 2020 the exception or is it the new rule? And I think that's why he's still uh, available. Now, I think from the Broncos perspective, we should take that risk. <laughs> However, I, I think that that's one of the big reasons why he's still available and, and frankly, why I think we can probably get him at a reasonable price. Sorry, I, go ahead with the question. Yeah. Uh, so the thing about that, Kevin, what I was alluding to was this probably would have been a bigger priority at the beginning of free agency when the quarterback free agency market was bigger. Most of the free agency quarterbacks are are gone in terms of, you know, the, the bigger names. The only big name left out there that I can think of off the top of my head in terms of veterancy would be Alex Smith. So if you bring a guy in like Alex Smith and you kind of have to either decide what you're going to do with uh, Brett Rippon or, uh, or Jeff Driscoll in terms of, I believe they're still under contract, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's either they restructure or you cut one of them. And if it's a cap hit, you take it. And then you bring in Alex Smith, and then let's say you stay with Rippin. Rippin would be the, the third quarterback uh, playing in the <clears throat> behind Smith and, and Drew Locke. So if it hasn't happened yet, it's probably because maybe, just maybe, Peyton might have his eye on a quarterback in the draft. Not so much in the first round. Maybe somebody who falls in the second or third round. And, you know, maybe he doesn't want to crowd the the quarterback room. I, I mean, I don't know. But as we saw what happened last year against the New Orleans Saints game, and Rich and I talked about this earlier, apparently you can have three or four quarterbacks and the league can just snap their fingers and all of them will not be able to play. So uh, with that being said, I, I would like to have some type of veteran quarter veteran seat behind you, like to kind of mentor him. Uh, do I think that's that you can get that from Alex Smith? Maybe, but Alex Smith has kind of shown that he doesn't just want to be a backup. He kind of wants to still play. You know, maybe not so much a starter like he did in Washington, and maybe Washington didn't see enough out of him because otherwise they would have kept him on instead of uh, going after Fitzmagic. But uh, I just think that um, <clears throat> Julak, whatever it is. Julak has to if he gets to start he has to be on his a game because all those mistakes he made last season if they carry over will not be tolerated this time around. so just to speak directly to the question um i'm not convinced that our gm <clears throat> is being given the direction to target someone to really push through part of you have to has to remember that John Elway was the one who drafted Drew Locke and John is still there. Uh, so, you know, he was demoted upwards where he actually got a promotion yet brought in a GM below him. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's quite possible that John Elway is still pushing his last year to say that was a quarterback I drafted. I'd like to give him all of the opportunity before I leave to succeed. And it's possible just due to organizational perspective, John Elway might be given that um, speculation, but still possible. Now, with regards to a rookie quarterback, I'm not convinced that a rookie quarterback wouldn't push Drew. I, I don't know why you would ever think that a rookie quarterback couldn't push Drew Locke at this stage in, in his developmental curve. It is quite possible that a rookie quarterback could absolutely push Drew Locke if they fit the Pat Shermer system better than Drew does. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a rookie quarterback comes in and is able to process things faster than Drew in terms of digesting the the, the plays in front of him and the, and the coverages in front of him, it is quite possible that you're going to have a quarterback that's going to perform pretty much like we all wanted Drew to perform, which is show us that you can be more good than bad and then make some really boneheaded mistakes where the fans are like, oh, come on, rookie. And and we accept that from a rookie quarterback. What we don't accept, accept or expect that from is someone who's in year two, who is a second round pick. We have we expected more and, and frankly, it wasn't delivered upon. Very well said. Kenneth Booker, he adds, I watched some film on JOK. He can't cover any position. He covered Waddle and Devontae Smith at times when they played Alabama. We can play him and Stanad on passing downs and ease them on the team. Now, by JOK, he means who? Um, I can't remember the full name, but it's, it's you know, that long on the screen. <laughs> I, I know exactly. Who, I was to say, I know exactly who he's talking about. Okay. Uh, his name is like yay, yay long. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you lead this one, uh, Rich. He's the he's the guy that most people are basically touting as a bit of a coverage inside linebacker. Um, yeah, sorry, it's Jeremiah Owusu, Owusu Koromoa. Oh, yeah. Owusu. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I yeah. know who that is. And and like I said, I said his like name yeah. back <laughs> uh, So um, there's been a bunch of people that have kind of come out and countered kind of different points. Some some people said, oh, he should be that like box. Uh, strong safety kind of convert guy to the NFL and then a bunch of other people come out and said no you're crazy he should re- remain as that inside linebacker or, or kind of be that inside linebacker I think in today's I think in today's NFL uh, he would be an appropriate inside linebacker and can build strength and some other things to kind of balance all those things out certainly an interesting prospect I think it would be a, a very very interesting one I, Kenneth, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of a bit of that quasi Roquan Smith type player, is he not? That that's certainly kind of the vibes I've been getting from speaking to a bunch of people and, and whatnot. So, I mean, feel free to interject and kind of say no, 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 but that's kind of the general vibes I've been getting. You know what? I have seen his name show up on uh, you know, different mock drafts from different NFL analysts. So um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I, I haven't seen any tape on him. Uh, then again, I haven't seen tape on a lot of uh, college players. So uh, I usually watch whatever highlights I see that are posted on Broncos forums or anything that leads up to the draft uh, that some people think is worth mentioning. Uh, George Moravi, uh, loyal viewer of the show, thanks for watching. He says, I'm happy with any quarterback round one except Mac Jones. Now I did. Didn't Mac Jones have his pro day today, Richie? Uh, yes, he did. I yeah. Okay. okay. I, I was watching some quarterback uh, throw, and he he. I mean, to me, they all pretty much look the same. But then again, I'm I'm not a scout. I don't really know what is exactly, uh, you know, what you're supposed to look for unless you're standing there uh, watching them directly. But I I saw more bad plays from the wide receivers. There were a couple wide receivers that dropped passes that hit them right in the hand but i mean he he looked i mean he wasn't like lamar jackson mobile but he looked like he could scramble uh, unfortunately i didn't watch the entire tape i only saw a little bit of it before we came live on the air so i i know some people like mac jones some people aren't high on mac jones some people want uh, uh justin fields i mean Broncos country is so divided on this, Richie, that I I don't think that there's one clear cut person that everybody can agree that you know the Broncos should if the Broncos were were to target a quarterback in the draft. Well, it depends on who you're asking, because like if you're asking me, I think we should be drafting a quarterback and firing Pat Shermer. If you're asking. You know the people that are kind of the purists and to say you have an oc you have a, a head coach you have that you have like your your coaching staff uh, you know played out then you would almost need to go after a, a quarterback who actually fits their kind of mold and what they're looking for uh and funnily enough the guy that most people basically it seems unilaterally agree upon who would be a a pat Shermer fit 
is actually <laughs> Mac Jones. Now, I, I really don't want us to get Mac Jones, um, but, but because I actually don't, I don't like the Shermer offense. I don't think it has a place in today's NFL, and I don't think that there's enough variation in it where you can do well. I mean, unless you have a Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, or Tom Brady, at or Ben Roethlisberger in their prime, who can literally, like, you know, basically step up to the line and say. I know all three variations that are going to come from this defense. I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to succeed in this. Sh- in my opinion, you're not going to succeed really well in a Pat Shermer uh, offense. That's part of the reason why his uh, average offensive ranking since he's been in the NFL has been in the mid twenties. Very well said, my friend, uh, Chad Marcellus. Thanks for watching the show. He says with free agents signed, what's the pick at number nine? Who do y'all think? Uh, now, we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show, Rich, and I don't think that you and I had an exact player pick, but uh, I do remember I did say uh, that I think if the Broncos stayed at nine and they don't trade down, that I think they would go for uh, a Michael Parsons. Now, if they land Eric Wilson, the linebacker we were also talking about, then I do I do see them falling back. Because uh, I mean, they could get they could target cornerback death, but they seem to have kind of gotten that, uh, you know, with Darby and Fuller and Ojemudia and Bryce Callahan. So the cornerback position is not of intense need. Uh, they could decide to target, uh, you know, a defensive tackle, uh, another offensive lineman, maybe uh, wide receiver. We're we're pretty packed at that. Uh, tight end. Uh, I don't think they need another tight end. Uh, they just let Nick Vanette go and letting him go. Let the Broncos re- reconstructure uh, a deal to make to Kareem Jackson to keep him uh, for another year. Now, the Broncos could go for a safety if they wanted to. And, 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 and they could. I'm saying they could. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they could. Uh, stranger things have happened. Uh, but I, if I had to, I, if I had to choose, if basically my answer to that is going to be if there's no Eric Wilson or another linebacker signed before the draft, they're going to go middle linebacker. I say, if not, I would probably say maybe somewhere on the defensive line, maybe another pass rusher if this, if you know, they decide to move on from Von Miller or anybody uh, next season. Uh, for me, I I kind of have a pecking order. So for me, Penny Sewell will be number one, which I still say would be if if Penny Sewell for whatever reason is there at nine, Peyton should find a way to run as fast as he possibly can to hand in his card and forego any time left on the clock and be like, just announce the pick. Let's call it a day, please. Um, now, if if he's not there, I think the next best after that at pick nine, assuming we stay there, should be then Rashawn Slater. If Slater, uh, if, if for whatever reason, now what I think is actually going to happen, what I think is the more likely scenario is who's the pick at number nine? It's another team because we traded back. We traded back because mm-hmm. I think all of the other positions that we actually would like to obtain as, as a Broncos organization, I think all of those other picks are better suited for us as a team to trade back, get more picks either within this draft and next year's draft or both, and then move back into the really late first round or later first round to then obtain those types of players. Okay, uh, George Maravi adds to your comment, I believe, or our comments, I should say. I don't think so. So, so Sewell, I'm sorry Sewell. if I missed Sewell. Thank Penny you. Sewell, yeah, Sewell. Penny Sewell doesn't get past the Bengals, and that name has been pretty much linked to a couple of mock drafts I saw that Cincinnati was going to get Sewell to try to provide uh, more protection for for Joe Burrow. Uh, so that that to me makes sense. Now, unless somewhere in the Bengals front office they decide to go elsewhere and like you said if if that player falls to number nine and the broncos don't trade back he could be just the guy that that we're looking for so i mean so far uh rich to kind of uh circle back to the point of of the topic of today's show george payton uh, has really done a fantastic job in terms of you know re-signing all the the necessary players and you know, we were expecting big cap casualties like other teams have made uh, so far this offseason, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, with with uh, the regards to what happened with Philip Lindsay, I, I mean, 
that that could probably be the the biggest problem that a lot of Broncos fans have because you know a lot of people love the Colorado kid and how he came to you know as an undrafted agent and his whole story in Denver. So I just want to quickly comment on something real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Just to fully put it out in full disclosure, uh, until actual information comes out from courts, uh, the courts and and from prosecutions and whatnot, uh, we will not be commenting on the Deshaun Watson situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate all the questions, guys. I'm, we're not going to be silencing you in the chats or anything like that. Just we will not be commenting on that situation. There is so much information that is is not available and it needs to work its way through the legal system. For those of you who, who may remember earlier in the shows, my whole family is in the legal system in some way, shape or form up here in Canada. I am very, very, and I have relatives in the legal system in the U.S. as well, just all around in the legal stuff. However, I, w- I will and we will not be commenting that uh, on, on Broncos Talk, and I believe I believe that the same thing holds true for the Mile High Roundtable podcast as well. We are waiting for information to come out that is official and proper, but we will not be commenting on that situation whatsoever. Well, you're all set, my friend. Uh, Biggie Bronco, thanks for coming on to the show, my friend. He says, the Broncos are more likely to trade back two times in the first round, once back with New England at 15, and then back with the Browns at 26 and take one of the running backs. Uh, now, the only big running back that I know is uh, Najee Harris. And, I mean, I don't <laughs> I, I don't see a player of his caliber. I, I mean, going off of what I've seen and, and, and read about him, that a player like him would fall that far into the, that low if the Broncos were to trade back twice. Um, but I, I mean, to, to, I, I just, I don't, I mean, I don't really see Denver going for a running back in, in this draft. Now, if they do go get Najee Harris, I wouldn't be mad at it because I mean, the guy looks, looks pretty stout. He looks like a really good player, but if it's not him, I don't, I mean, if it's in the second or third round, yeah. Okay. I get it because I mean, that's where they got uh, Royce Freeman couple years ago was in the third round i believe when he came out of oregon so uh uh you know and here's boggins who reminds me with uh, javante williams uh running back number one so um thank you for for your uh, comment mr boggins so i mean other than that i mean it could happen but then again you know crazier things have happened in previous history in the nfl draft you don't get a guy pole vaulting over someone like six feet tall on highlight reels in college that, that typically make it past the, the top 20 picks, basically. Um, you know, everyone is entitled to their own kind of ranking systems in terms of where running backs go. I personally just think that, again, the NFL is a copycat league in terms of looking at guys, size, speed, talent, you know, just generally speaking. I just simply say that there are too many similarities with Najee Harris and Derrick Henry to just discount. So I think that there's going to be too many GMs in this league that are going to look at Derrick Henry and Najee Harris and say, too close, too good. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, 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 and say, Harris, you know, come on down. So I just don't think he's going to make it past that kind of top 20 pick kind of range there. Now, you know, someone could really surprise you and say, hey, look, I got two picks in the first. No one wanted to trade for our other pick. They could maybe target Harris and maybe someone else who they want later in the draft. So Harris might even go really, really early. And then because they're afraid that he won't be there by the time their next pick comes. I just don't I just can't see him falling that far out. That doesn't mean that we can't target a running back like a Javante Williams if he's maybe there near the back end of the first if that's something that we're interested in now if we're going to do that I would almost say that we're probably better off taking him first five years and maybe moving on because the vast majority of running back contracts do not work out in the team's favor once you move past their first contract so but I I can can you just pull up um, Big E's comment there just so I don't uh... Clemson's running back yeah, so so I, I know the the one up uh, the one up uh, further. I'd be very curious to see what the uh, draft capital we would obtain in that situation might be. Uh, I was just rereading it, just scrolling out myself, because 
you be them trading back twice, right? So you go back to 15 and then you go back to 26. I'd be super, super curious in terms of what your draft capital be, would be in that particular scenario because the Broncos have quite a few holes. You don't go 5-11 and 11 by having a stacked team. So it'd be very, very interesting to see what we would get for that. Right. Mr. Boggins has a, an opinion and a comment as well. He says, Etienne will probably go first, Najee second, not round. So I'm guessing he's... Boggins is saying Najee will go will be the second running back pick. Not in the second round, but he will be the second running back pick. So, and that's actually a pretty good uh uh guess by by Boggins. I mean, it's I can't remember. I think Ezekiel Elliott was the last running back picked in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, within the last couple of years. Um, and even then I could be wrong, but I can't really think of the the big running back that was picked first but i mean this this draft class seems to be kind of stacked with the wide receiver with Devonte smith uh with the running backs and and the cornerback and the quarterback so those three those three positions will the big players will probably fly in the first round and then the second and the third will probably be left depending on how the other players pro days go by the time we get to the draft So if we ended up with that, I actually, I, I'm not sure I would be okay with that for me. I would rather us obtain next year's draft picks from some of those teams to bring like with us into next year. Because I, I think when you look at kind of where we're at, first off, this year's draft class for interior defensive line is pretty weak. And when you look at our overall depth in those positions, we could really use some of that. And, and so I would rather push that out to maybe next year where we can maybe bolster those position groups on the interior. So I, I would almost be okay with New England giving up a higher round draft pick, but next year, like so, so that we kind of bolster that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also hopes that Belichick has completely blundered his free agencies and free agent pickups because he's trying to basically build his team through free agency rather than you know actually drafting well although betting against belichick and in pulling in free agents is not necessarily a a good bet because he's typically done really well (laughs) (laughs) Uh, by the way uh i I actually forgot to read biggie's uh, biggie broncos comment he says would we would walk away with new england second round pick and a fourth round pick and the browns second round pick and one of their foreground pick or fourth I think he round said fourth I think he was getting picks. fourth round pick or, picks or third, third round picks, picks. yeah right so, that so was, that's where my comment came from right mm-hmm. it, it, uh, though, though that that comment basically assumes that we're basically consolidating all of those all that draft capital into this year's draft and not shuffling anything back to next year and, and I think dispersing it between the two would probably be better for us yeah uh Kenneth Booker thank you so much for uh uh, clarification Josh Jacobs went late in the first round and he's actually right I totally forgot about Josh Jacobs uh, current running back for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, Albert Knoppers he says hello guys sorry being late from work 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 it's all right brother thank you for coming in and tuning in and uh, hope you're enjoying the show uh, Biggie Bronco says Barkley for the Giants well that's actually true Barkley Saquon Barkley was a first see I'm forgetting all these big name players because so many players were injured last year uh Rich and uh it's, it's, I'm trying to remember uh Albert Knoppers also adds isn't our defense looking scary as uh, as of now and that's actually true Albert on paper our defense looks very very legitimate and very very scary but you also have to keep in mind that this is the same mentality we went into last offseason where our team, our defense looked great on paper, and it only took one domino, and that whole thing came crashing down. The injury bug was just like a swarm, you know. So if it's one thing we need to concentrate on this season, it's having depth in case a big name player goes down, you have somebody to cover him, and then vice versa to cover that one. We don't want to be caught uh off guard with these injuries if they happen to come back and bite us in the behind again. Right. I, I agree. And uh, I mean, last year we had six defensive backs on IR by the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that I've I've said consistently is at some point our team needs to look at our strength and conditioning coaches and say, what's going on? 
like you cannot have that many injuries on a team and and be okay with it like like you just can't Right. No, I, I totally agree with you, Rich. And uh, Kenneth Booker adds, Jacobs and Gordon are drinking buddies. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, they're division rivals, but, you know, in the offseason, hey, you can be friends, right? Uh, George Moravi, he adds, bad clock management, rookie wide receivers, inconsistent quarterback play, no D-line, no cornerbacks, best player on O and D injured isn't a winning formula. And I mean, there's there's truth to that, Rich. I mean, he's right. All of those things happened to Denver in the course of 17 weeks. Well, 16 because one week they don't play. And that was all a contributing factor to how the Broncos ended up in the in the state that they were in. But on the other hand, Vic Fangio was able to pull a defense and hold it the the best that he could with just. Uh, you know, with just a bunch of tape and, and a little bit of prayer. Because, I mean, can you say the same thing if we still had Vance Joseph? Can Vance Joseph go into a season like that and come back with the the, the record that, uh, that Denver had? And I can honestly tell you no, because you see what he did with Arizona. And Arizona had a better offense than we did last year. And they didn't even crack. They looked really good at the start. Don't get me wrong. But when it came down to, you know, that they, uh, that the, if the offense wasn't clicking, that the defense had to go out there and try to win it, it just didn't happen. So uh, you got to give uh, Vic Fangio credit. He, yeah, he did make a couple of mistakes during the regular season, and hopefully he learned his lesson and he clears those up going into the new one. But you also have to give credit where credit is due. So. I, I completely agree. And this is also why, uh, Glenn, if you're still here, you and I literally share a, a brain on this 100%. I am 100% not convinced that Fangio is gone after this season unless the team just goes in a complete meltdown. I mean, you have to look at what happened last year. You have to. And we had so many injuries. Like, it was... It, you literally looked at the injury reports like you got to be kidding. Like there was that one game where two guys went down with torn MCLs and ACLs. Yeah, the Panther game. One game. So I mean, you have to honestly look at that and say, hey, if he can go five and whatever with that many injuries on the defensive backfield, I mean, name me another team that had as many defensive backs that were on IR as we did. And also, tell me a coach who had a undrafted free agent rookie who came in who was on another team's practice squad who was brought in by Fangio who they had like four or five days of effectively you know learning the completely different like the defensive playbook who came in and made plays Mm -hmm. like actually made plays like played exactly that speaks volumes of the quality of coaching that we have on this team on the defensive side of the ball I'm not going to defend anything on special teams and I'm not going to defend anything on the offensive side of the ball. However, you have to give the credit where credit is due. Our head coach and his defensive staff are amongst the league's best, if not in the league's best. And you know how you know that his coaching staff is being poached to become defensive coordinators in other teams. And there's at least three or four other teams in the NFL who are quite literally stealing defense, uh, our defensive, uh, coaches kind of approach to the game and implementing it in their teams very well said my friend jason o'neill thank you for coming on my friend he says good evening guys and broncos country with all the acquisitions and the re-signed players are the broncos more inclined to trade back thanks uh we kind of got into uh, you're probably just joining us now jason but we did touch on this topic earlier in the show so we'll give you a little bit of a recap because we're running kind of short on time uh, I do believe that uh, if the Broncos get their middle linebacker in free agency, which is Eric Wilson, a guy who's been named that the Broncos should go out and sign, then I do believe that that George Payton will probably feel that most of his, his spots are covered. And then he could decide to maybe go for a defensive tackle. Uh, uh, I know I, I brought out safety earlier, Rich, and you gave me my own eyebrow <laughs> signature right back at me. So I'm, I'm not going to go towards that. that <laughs> I'm not going to go that way again. I learned my lesson. Um, but 
uh that that's that's pretty much my answer to you uh, uh jason before i turn it over to rich is i'm gonna say middle linebacker for the draft and if that's not answered by the the, the, the draft then i'm gonna say uh somewhere in the defensive line either pass rush or def- or nose tackle maybe defense tackle yeah. in fangio's system uh the there is not much different but difference rather between the two safeties generally speaking in terms of how they play so in other defensive schemes there's a very very large gap and difference between the uh, prototypical free safety and strong safety positions in Fangio's defense, they are very, very, very st- uh, similar. If not, you know, you want them to almost be indistinguishable in terms of how they play. So uh, just that's why I was saying no to safety in the first round because A, I don't think there's any um, generational talent in this particular draft in terms of the safety position. And I also think that there's a whole whack of the safeties that are literally all within kind of that like secondary tier. And I think that they'll be available in the second and third round. So I think we should probably target them somewhere in those rounds there. In terms of my opinion, I would like us to bolster our offensive line on the, on the tackle position, because that's where you typically find, or you have to find that premium player at that particular position. So I I would rather that we go after and go after and target pipe dream, Penny Sewell, likely not not there when we pick and then the next one for me would then be Rashad Slater so that would be my ideal spot and I know Boggins is all high on uh Pitts but uh I I just there's a, a a very large part of me that just cannot justify picking a tight end that high even though I absolutely agree that when you watch his tape it is Unbelievable. I mean, just you know, you look and say. <laughs> so I, I agree. I just can't do it. I just, I just can't. <laughs> hey, I, I've seen the same tape you have, Rich, and let me tell you, that man does not look like he can play just tight end. He looks no, like he, he, no, he, he's he's way more than a tight end, and I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, just I, I, I just can't do it. He I could be the he could be that Swift Snipe player that the Broncos are looking for, you know. So I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it because, uh, you know, it it it, it wouldn't be like the Broncos are are filling in a giant gap. Although, with me saying that, they did just let go of Nick Vanette to make room in salary cap space to sign Kareem Jackson, as I stated earlier. So, uh, <laughs> to Jason O'Neill's comment here, where he says. Uh, we can't be the Bears and have nine tight ends. <laughs> well, uh, so I mean, you could use them for for depth, and I mean, if you could bring what we saw in that tape to to Denver, man, that could be a really really good offense. Well, Jason, it's better than being the Cowboys and thinking you can fix defensive problems by signing wide receivers in the first round, right? <laughs> Um, so uh, I, 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 and I saw your comment also in the chat. Um, I completely agree that, uh, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of bolstering our offensive line. We've seen so much inconsistency and, and, or unavailability <laughs> from Juwan James that we can't rely on him being there. We just saw Wilkinson likely signing with the Bears. If he hasn't already, I haven't been able to get onto the web here since we've been on the show. But the odds are is that he is um, likely signed with the Bears because that was what all the you know the kind of the arrows were pointing towards. So that leaves with the Calvin Anderson, who I really like. I'm, I'm I, I absolutely love him as a player. I think he's shown heart. I think he's shown desire. The the challenge that we had, or I had at least, with Cal, with uh, Anderson was. When he played on the right-hand side, he did not look that great. However, when he filled on the left-hand side for Garrett Bowles, I was really, really impressed. So, um, I I would I would like to see Anderson learn to flip his technique, and I'm hoping Munchak can help him with that. So maybe he can be that swing tackle for us. But then we're still looking and seeking out our long-term starter because let's just be honest, Juwan James ain't it. Uh, by the way, Rich and I would like to thank Elijah Wilkinson for finally leaving Denver and signing with the Bears. We wish you all the best of luck, man. Uh, just uh, don't. Can someone can someone find out if they are? If they, unless they already know 
did they sign him as a guard or a tackle? Because if they sign him as a guard, I actually think he'll do well. If they sign him as a tackle, I hope we play the Bears this year because that'll be fun. Yeah, well, th- that's the thing. I mean, that'll all depend. I mean, he made a decent guard, don't get me wrong. But the fact that they think that they can use him as a right as a right tackle, like Mike Munchak tried to do, I mean, that'll be interesting to see. But I think only time will tell how their offensive coordinator or, or I'm sorry, uh, offensive line coach will decide to use him. So it'll be interesting to see. Great. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I just I had a bit of a mental space. The Steelers and the Bears are in the same division, are they not? No. No? No. One's NFC, one's AFC. Oh, okay. So, okay, so so that's good. So at least, because, I mean, I know the Steelers' defensive front is, is their animal. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, wait a minute, are they in the same division? Because I just I'm, I always just think of, of relative to where I am in, in Ontario and in Canada, like they're like here and here. So I just I always think of them being in the same division for some reason. Right. Uh, Boggins, we're going to try to speed through these comments, guys, because we're running short on time. He says that was Calvin's first time ever playing right tackle. Uh, so I, I didn't know that. Uh, Shadow Jacker, thanks for watching the show. He says so looking forward to the massacre Von unleashes on the upcoming season. Hate to be the other guys. Uh, and I totally agree with you, Shadow. I do hope that that Vaughn comes in with that fire, that passion that we so heartedly wanted to see in him last season and that he uh, just comes in and just tears a new one out on the field for offensive line. The opposite offensive lineman. Uh, Jason O'Neill, he has another question. He says, what two things, whether they are positive or negative, stood out to you at the conclusion of the new player pressers? Um, you know what? I didn't see all of the pressers, Jason. I'll be honest with you. I did see the one with Shelby Harris, and that one to me was probably the best one because, I mean, the emotion that, that was in that man's face was just, you know, fantastic. You could feel it. Uh, I mean, his career of him bouncing around from team to team, you know, and hoping to not fall into that uh, that scenario where, you know, some football players, they just get rotated around so much that eventually they get forgotten about you know but you know he was able to find a home in denver and then last year when he was looking around and you know i'm pretty sure it was pretty disappointing for him not being able to get a big contract out there elsewhere and for denver to welcome him back with a one-year contract now he has a multi-year contract with denver so to me that was probably the the best one out of all the pressures so far shelby's was my favorite uh i i I've always said all along I wanted us to bring Shelby back. I'm not even, I actually like his contract. I think it's relatively fair, especially given the salary cap, because I think given his performance, actually going back to the Eric Eric Wilson uh, inside linebacker piece, that was Shelby's issue as well, is that he kind of slowly progressed and showed progress, but he needed two years stacked one on top of another to kind of show that that one year wasn't something that was a fluke, right? Mm-hmm. And so he showed two years back to back that this is this is actually his norm now. This is this is what you can expect from Shelby Harris. And so I actually think that his contract was fair given the circumstances. Um, and and I, and I'm glad. I'm super happy that he's here for at minimum the next two years. Now, with regards to Eric Wilson, that's his problem right now is that he showed one year. And he's kind of in the the Shelby Harris year of last year, right? Where mm-hmm. he needs to now show that that his play last season in Minnesota was the same as it is this season. But in terms of our pressers, Shelby Harris's was far and away my favorite. Right. Uh, we're going to take this question before we end the show tonight. And it's from Kale Wright. Kale, uh, I don't remember seeing your name before. So uh, thanks for watching the, sh- uh, the, the show. He asks us, where do you rank our defense among the league after bolstering our secondary and bringing back Fon? Now, this is actually a very interesting question here, Rich. And I'm pretty sure I always say that. But um, I, I'm surprised that the Broncos defense, the resignings, hasn't made a lot of analysts top uh, choice because it seems like from what I've seen the last couple of days, they're always talking about, you know, the big deal that the Giants made with Amari Jackson or the Bengals did with William Jackson or Shaquille Griffin going to the Jaguars or whatever. But nobody's really talking about Denver. So to me, I take that as a sign of, okay. Nobody wants to be on the hype train like they were last year, you know, with one Colin Coward saying that, you know, the Broncos were going to be a dark horse and, you know, everybody getting on the Broncos hype train just to be disappointed. So 
Uh, a, a part of me is kind of like gets a little frustrated because I feel like the Broncos aren't getting any love. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we don't want to be in the limelight. So then we can actually go out there and prove what this Broncos defense can really do with and with all these all pros that you have in Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, you know, Kareem Jackson's back, Justin Simmons, Von Miller. I mean, the, the defensive names on the paper is just super dangerous. And if they can go out there and put some work and turn some heads, I think that, that the league is in for a very big surprise. I'm a little different. <laughs> um, so my my take is we've let uh, Walker go, basically. We haven't brought him back. I think we need additional interior defensive line help because the interior defensive line will help the secondary do their job better. Getting more pressure up the middle will is the fastest way to get to the quarterback is up right up the middle of the field. So we need Draymond Jones to take major steps forward because he has quite a bit of work to do in order to take that next leap. And we then also at that point will need another defensive end either to be the the Batman to Draymond's Robin in terms of uh, in that depth there uh, at the defensive end spot. So one one way or another, we, we need that interior push in my opinion. Uh, I also I also think we need to remember that um, Mike Purcell got hurt last year, so that interior run stuffer that we're used to, Mike Purcell has been amazing, but he is coming off an injury, so we're really not sure where he's going to be when he comes back right away. Just like we're also not going to be sure where Cortland Sutton's going to be back when he comes right away. Most players that come off of injuries like that take a good portion of the season depending on the severity of the injury to come back true to form. They don't just kind of come back day one and say, I never left. Um, so, <laughs> so I think we need to be very, very mindful of that when we're looking at some of our returning players from injury and being patient as fans, knowing that they're people too, their injuries are going to take time to heal. And despite the fact that they are professional athletes and are getting some of the best medical care that you know money can buy, so to speak, we need to give them some patience in order to come back to proper football shape and adjust to getting hit, tackled, and, and all those other things. So I, I'm more of the opinion, and I'm a little bit more reserved, I think, than you are. I think that we're going to be hopefully in better shape than we were last year just because I think the talent that is there, particularly at the beginning of the year, is superior to where we were last year. However, with so many players returning from injury that were starters last year, and so many of the players that we brought in have been known to be injured over the course of their career. Mm -hmm. I just think that I, I am a little bit more cautiously optimistic rather than actually optimistic. Okay, my friend. And with that, folks, that's going to do it for me and Richie today. Uh, Jason O'Neill adds, Orange Crush, the thumbs up before you leave, guys. Thanks, guys, and keep up the, the great work. Hashtag Go Broncos, hashtag MI. So... Guys, if you like what Richie and I have brought to you today, please make sure you hit that thumbs up video. It gives it lets us know that you enjoy the content that Richie and I uh, bring you once a week and also on the Mile High Roundtable podcast. So with that being said, thank you to everybody who joined us today. I'm going to try to read as many names as I can. Uh, Vic, Mr. Boggins, Kale Wright, uh, Kenneth Booker. Thank you so much for coming. Miguel, uh, Jason, George. Uh, uh albert uh, my friend marie thank you so much uh and, and anybody that i may have missed i do apologize biggie bronco uh george i don't know if i said your name uh so, and glenn of course thank you so much for stopping by thank you to everybody uh that was able to come in and join us live if you're listening to us after the fact on audio make sure you give us a, a like and follow if you enjoy the show also, if you want to be a monthly supporter, like our good friend, uh, Chris Hernandez, shout out to you, Chris, uh, please. And on Anchor, we more than welcome your donation. Thank you so much. And with that being said, Rich, do you have anything to add before we go? Yeah, Boggins, you and I can talk later about that last comment that we made. Feel free to send me uh, a tweet or something and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys uh, stopping in. I really appreciate all the questions. Uh, please uh, like and share this video. It really, really does help the show grow, get additional viewers. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, please share so that we can get more people in. Love the questions and I want to keep them coming. 
having a live audience and getting people involved is always a benefit to the show. So I really appreciate it. You guys have yourself a great night. Go Broncos. That's right. Go Broncos. And before I forget, make sure you follow us at MHRT Podcast on Facebook and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at MHRT Podcast. If you want to follow us directly, my Twitter handle is at a six foot ten Mexican number six F one ft10 mexican my co-host at richie rich at r-i-c-h-i-r-i-c-h-e-h uh you can give us a personal follow there thank you everybody good night we'll see you all next week go broncos thank you guys